for another week of America's premier CrossFit podcast, the Coyote CrossFit podcast, the fitness podcast. Boom. Boom. He said it. How was that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're just going to go ahead and set the mark. Set Take the it bar to the high. bank. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the truth. We've got, a, we've got a female in the studio, and I'm already like posturing, trying to make everything sound better than, than I normally would. I don't, know, I don't know how it works that way. We've got a special guest in the studio with us this week. Meredith, welcome, Meredith. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, yeah. Well, just wait till we get rolling. <laughs> we've got an interesting topic we're going to talk about today, and I think we are showing, guys, we're showing our intelligence and that we're not venturing into this territory uh, without letting a woman speak for women. So the big topic this week is kind of uh, basically destroying, actually, the myths surrounding women being involved uh, in CrossFit. You've had a pretty incredible journey with CrossFit over the last few years, Meredith, so we're excited to have you in here talking to us about the things that usually we hear that trip people up, trip women up from getting involved in, in this form of exercise. Uniquely, you're actually related to uh, Hunter. Most people uh, probably don't know that, but you're sitting in here with your brother. So this ought to get pretty interesting, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll just go ahead and, and, and jump right into it, I guess. Uh, the first one that, that I think we wanted to talk about was uh, when women come in and say, I don't want to do CrossFit because I'm going to get too bulky. And to me, that just is just drives me up the wall because I'm like, well, we got guys that have been working out their whole lives in here who aren't bulky. They've been trying to get bulky the whole life. So let's just pause here and say Hunter's been looking directly at me. (laughs) So when women coming, when women come into Coyote, you're like, well, look, check out that guy back there. (laughs) He's been here three years. Don't worry about the bulk problem. Yeah, but I I just think that there's a a complete misunderstanding of what it takes to to get to be fit and and uh, they might have seen some CrossFit games women on TV and think that they're going to look like them. No, those are the very best of the best and they're spending 4 to 6 hours a day for 5, 6, 7, 8 years to get to where they are and then you're you're seeing them on TV on the screen. They're looking a lot bigger than they are in real life. If you saw them in real life in regular clothes, they would just look like a normal person. So, why don't you speak to that a little bit about the whole uh, CrossFit will make women bulky, Meredith. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't deny that at the beginning of my CrossFit career when I would see those really muscular women, it would intimidate me a little bit, and I would think, man, you know, is that really what I want to look like? Is that really something that is that is this really that important to me that I want to completely change my body and my lifestyle for? And so when I started CrossFit, it was always kind of in the back of my mind, and then I realized the amount of hours of training and focus training and nutrition, you know, watching my nutrition and how much work it really took to achieve even looking a tiny bit like one of those women. And then I began to become extremely impressed with those girls and just, you know, kind of be jealous of the way that they looked because it represented how much time and effort they were spending in the gym. And I wanted to look like that. I wanted to look like I was putting that much time and effort into something that was important to me. And so that's kind of when I just bought all in. I was like, my goodness, if I could, you know, look like them, maybe I could compete like them. And, you know, it's funny how when you realize how awesome it is that you can throw 200 pounds over your head successfully or, you know, you can be the girl that when everybody's picking up groceries, you can pick up the most and take care of the situation that things start to change and you begin to kind of change about the way your body has looked. But, you know, all that's to say is my body is the smallest that it's ever been my entire life. I'm wearing, a, you know, the smallest size pants that I've worn. I never thought that I would be two sizes to three sizes smaller than I was in high school, which I am now. And that is something that has just kind of blown my mind is along the way when I gave in and I was like, I'm buying all into this is when my body actually began to change. And when I began to fall in love with my body and I finally, for the first time in my life felt comfortable in the skin that I am. And, you know, in high school, I just chalked it up to, I'm just going to be kind of a slightly fluffy person. I'm going to be a little (laughs) chunky. (laughs) You're so gentle with yourself. (laughs) Well, and and why don't you speak a little too about the amount of time you're putting in? Because I think a lot of these women think if they come and take three CrossFit classes a week, they're going to, they're going to look, you know, like a, a, 
uh, Instagram bodybuilder. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, like I, I heard you say two things, um, two main things in that uh, in that previous run was that you know I heard you say um, changing uh, you know changing your priorities and like and completely changing your lifestyle, and I also heard you say focused training. What uh, what like how have you organized your life? to spend as much time as you do in the gym and also tell us how much time you're spending and the difference between the way you train and the way somebody that would maybe do one of our classes as trained for general fitness trains. Right. So my job is pretty awesome in the fact that I have a lot of free time during the day. And that is something that I didn't really control at the time. I didn't think of that. I just have to wait for my kids that I'd give softball lessons to, to get out of school. Um, so that leaves me a large chunk of time during the day. And I realized, I was like, what do I want to do with this time? I want to train because this is something that I love to do. And honestly, what pushes me forward in training is just trying to see what my body can do. And that's what I mean by focus training is, you know, when I'm in there, I'm not just mindless getting through it. I'm trying to see, can I really row at this faster pace? Can I really get one more muscle up each round? Can I really go at this pace and not flatline? So those are kind of the two things that keep me um, motivated in my training. Yeah, and I think um, what you're uh, what you're saying is like that. That's one of the big uh, uh, one of the big uh, similarities between uh, between your lifestyle and somebody like if somebody uh, if a uh, you know mom sees. Uh, Samantha Briggs on uh, on TV and they think oh I'm, I, you know maybe she does not want to look like that and that's okay you know just you know different people want different things but they have to understand too that uh the uh the girls uh the girls like you that are, it it takes it, you have to be able to have that kind of lifestyle to get to that uh, to get to that point absolutely and that makes me bring up my my younger sister who is. The most athletic Owen, but likes CrossFit the least. <laughs> she just uses it kind of as a way to make her body look how she wants it and lose weight and stay healthy. And so she's just spending about an hour in the gym as opposed to, you know, my three or four, however long I'm in the gym that day just depends. But um, she also is in the smallest size waist that she's ever had and feeling great about herself finally for the first time in her life. And we compare again pictures of her from high school before CrossFit and pictures now. And she was a cheerleader back then. I mean, it wasn't like she was out of shape and she was active, but you know, her body is completely different now just because she figured out her nutrition and she figured out how to work out hard and push herself every day. You know, like you said, for just an hour. Yeah. So part of the root of this question, and this may be very dangerous territory, so I apologize for this in advance, but part of what I'm hearing in this, uh, this myth that, well, it's going to, it's going to make me bulky. And there's just a lot of, uh, body image issues going on in that one, uh, fight against being involved in CrossFit. So maybe you could help our our listeners, especially our female listeners kind of dive into that maybe a little bit for the first time when you're pursuing this journey of fitness and you're trying to examine what type of body you want what type of body other people are going to want I mean attraction is a big part of this for all of us men and women Um, how do you feel about women especially being able to gauge that Uh, what are the things that have been told to women over time that they're having to fight against I mean why do we believe why do women believe uh, that bulk is a bad thing that muscle tone is a bad thing where's all that coming from and how do they overcome that to even just walk into a box for the first time right um you know this is this goes back to one of the first things I can ever remember my mom telling me and that's beauty is in the eye of the beholder so what is beauty to you and I think women really don't know what it is to them so when they walk in the door they just say oh well somebody told me that bulky is bad so I don't want to be bulky but you know, what I did and where I found my happiness was uh, pursuing what I loved. And that was making myself a better athlete. So what I encourage women to do in that case is just do what you love. And when that lines up, that's when you're going to find your happiness and when you're going to be happy with your body. It's going to be when you're on track with your nutrition and when you can control the controllables. You know, we can't control how God made our body. 
basically. You know, I can't control what color my hair is or how tall God made me, but I can control if I tracked my food that day. I can control if I made it to the gym that day. I can control those little things. And when I align up those little things, that's when I'm living my best self and I feel the best about my body. So I think a lot of this, you know, self-consciousness from women comes from things that they feel like they can't control. So when you can put these things into something you can control, that's when you feel the power to be happy and beautiful in your body. Yeah, I think um, I've I've had a couple of situations like this with uh, with some uh, some young ladies in uh, in the gym where you will see them come into the gym and they love it. They, I mean, you, you can see it. It's written all over their face. They actually enjoy what they're doing. They enjoy seeing progress. They enjoy seeing their, uh, their back squat go up. They enjoy seeing their, uh, you know, these, uh, these different markers improve. And then something happens outside of the gym. Some, uh, some knucklehead makes some kind of some kind of comment to them or something like that. And the, and it just, it cuts them yeah, it cuts them, you know, down deep, and they uh, and they'll allow that outside influence to, you know, make them change something that they and make them quit doing something that they absolutely love. And you know, being a uh, a father of a of a daughter, um, I uh, I just really I really want my daughter to know that when she gets older, that if she loves doing something, she just needs to do it, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And um, have you? Uh, have you ever experienced anything like that where somebody has maybe made a comment to you or um, tried to make you feel guilty or make you feel less about yourself because of what you love to do? Absolutely. I mean, growing up in high school, I played softball and, you know, the stereotypes that come with that, you know, it just comes with manly. Meredith's got manly shoulders because she can throw the ball really hard or Meredith's manly because she can hit the ball really far and that broke my heart it made me feel like I was unwantable like maybe a guy wouldn't like me because I was so you know athletically inclined and you know it's hard to push push past those types of comments but in hindsight you know softball is what got me to where I was today those same people that were making those comments I would run into after I started playing professional softball and they'd come up to me and they'd be like hey that's so cool that you're going to play overseas and I was like yeah I remember what you said about me in high school yeah. <laughs> I thought you were about to if say you love to see them when they're really out of shape you know? <laughs> well that's, that's, that's too. probably, probably that the too. case too <laughs> if you have manly shoulders that mean they had womanly shoulders <laughs> yeah. yeah let's let's dig into that a little bit like where along the line was it decided that men are supposed to have muscles and women aren't like uh, every every human body was designed to move exactly. and to be able to perform physical activities and so why are men the ones that are supposed to have muscles and not women i just completely disagree with that and i think it also comes back to to insecurities guys feel insecure about their body their lack of muscle because probably they're not doing anything and so they see a woman who obviously is working hard and taking care of herself and making herself stronger and it makes them feel uh, almost less of a man to, to some extent. And sure. so then they got to try to bring this woman down, you know, you know, I, you know, it's, there's a lot of psychological issues there, but let's, let's dig into that. Why, why is it such a part of society today that, that men are supposed to be the ones that have muscle and women are supposed to ha- not have muscle? Cause I don't think that's always been the case in, in, in history. Hopefully right. this will help me solve the fact that I can never put, uh, my weight or scores Anywhere near Meredith. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, not going to write that down. A lot of it comes down to societal pressure, right? I mean, we talk about this all the time, but magazines and photoshops have destroyed the confidence of women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, But I feel like I just want to follow up Hunter's question by saying, you feel like you you are a trendsetter. I know you probably don't view yourself that way, but, I mean, strong is the new skinny, right? Everybody's (laughs) wearing the tank top. So there's this movement of women that are saying, forget that. We're, we're chasing something different. You're, you're actually uh, putting your money where your mouth is on that. Right. Well, I hope so, because I know the freedom that comes with that. You know, I hope that women see me and I'm around a lot of high school and, and young girls. I hope that they see me and think, wow, I would rather be strong than starve myself today. And that's what I'm always preaching to my, my young softball players is you've got to eat. You need to eat. 
and you need to put calories in your body. If you want to get stronger, if you want to be a great athlete, you got to put in the food, you know, you have to eat more than you think that you need. And, um, you know, that's just something that I'm passionate about. And along the line somewhere, I got sick like Hunter of hearing these women say, well, I just don't want to get bulky. I don't want to look like that. Why not? Why would you not want to look like someone that's extremely accomplished at something that is very difficult? You know, anybody who does CrossFit for an hour knows how hard it is. Imagine doing that for four hours every day, six days a week, seven days a week for years. That's extremely difficult, especially mentally. So, you know, why would we not want to look like that? Why would we not want to be that way? Yeah, and I think also, too, they're getting these ideas of what these women look like through social media, which are those pictures are highly doctored. That's not what they really look like, or they'll see them on TV, and people always look bigger on TV than they see in real life. And I know, Meredith, you've seen some of these top-level uh, games uh, women in, in person, and they look completely different in person than they actually do on Instagram or or on TV, and I guarantee you, if you saw them in regular clothes, you would just say, "Oh, that person's—that's a fit girl." You know what I mean? They're not these big, huge bodybuilder type type uh, women that people think that they look like. You know? Right. That's so funny that you bring that up because it immediately throws me back to the last competition that I competed in, where there's two girls from the games there, and my first thought when I saw them was, "Man, they are tiny. They look so little." And that was just the first thing that I thought just automatically. And, you know, I'm sure people have seen pictures of those girls on Instagram and like you said, Facebook and, and think, golly, those girls look huge. But in person, they look just, you know, like tiny little girls. And they're putting probably f- four hours a day, six days a week in at the gym, 20 to 30 hours a week in at the gym. And the first thing you said when you saw them in person is, wow, they look they look small, so I don't think three three hours a week at the CrossFit gym is going to make you look, you know, like a bodybuilder. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me play devil's advocate for just a second. <laughs> I don't want to venture too far into that, but uh, you do start adding muscle mass. Your body, no matter who you are, if you commit to CrossFit at pretty much any level, your body composition is going to change. So what do you say to, uh, and for the better, I mean, we're all saying for the better, but what do you say to the female who's like, gosh, I can't go – uh, get that those pair of jeans I've always been able to fit in these jeans because I had zero quads mm-hmm. and now you know how do you that's a real obstacle for people you hear women especially say as they wander over to the general fitness place to get on the treadmill for for three hours a day um, how do you help them how do you help women maybe that are listening overcome that obstacle to say yes your body composition is going to change that's not a bad thing right yeah and that just comes back to to health you know I think when you are working out and you're looking at your nutrition and the whole reason you start going to the gym is to be healthy, correct? I mean, for some people, definitely is aesthetics as well. But when you are healthy, you have more muscle on your body. When you have more muscle on your body, that y'all have talked about this before, your lifespan is longer. You know, what's more important to you that you look thin as a rail right now and are barely making it through the day without any food or you're lasting as long as you can see your grandbabies, you know, grow up and move forward and move forward in life. You know, what is the important thing in life to you? And, you know, I'm not going to tell you what that should be, but in, in my situation, what I want is for my mom to be around as long as she possibly can be. And that's one of the things that I'm extremely proud of is the fact that my mom is busting her butt every day in the CrossFit gym, making sure she has enough muscle to be here for as long as yeah. we can have her. For a one-hour class. Yeah, yeah. for and a one-hour class. And she's doing an awesome job. Absolutely. You know, when I started college, she moved me in, and she could barely make it up the stairs. And I was sick. I was so afraid of the future with my mother. I was scared that, you know, how can you look at your mother and, and think – she could be in a wheelchair in just a couple of years because she can barely walk up these stairs. Yeah. I I use your mom as an example for for so many for so many people that when she walked into uh, when she walked into the gym she could not squat to a she could not squat to a box that was at anywhere near parallel and now she's gotten to the point where she can back squat below parallel her body weight four reps right. She's exactly. just in her mid thirties. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine it later on in life. So yeah, I think you're bringing up those priorities is pretty awesome. Well, I, I wanted to dig into the nutrition thing that you brought up too. And I think 
Um, some what happens sometimes is some people, some women will start CrossFit and they will put on some weight and they start freaking out and say, well, I'm just putting on too much weight doing CrossFit because they're putting muscle on. But you also, you know, I know for a fact that they're, they're drinking alcohol almost every single night and a whole lot on the weekends. They're eating a whole lot of food. So they're not taking the nutrition aspect in at all and we always talk about the base of the pyramid and is nutrition and that's the most important thing so why don't you dig into the to the nutrition aspect a little bit more and talk about how that affects uh your body composition yeah so um when I started CrossFit, I thought for sure I could out-train my bad diet. I was like, man, I'm pushing so hard two, three hours every day. I can eat whatever I want. And I stayed pretty soft. I could not get more than one ab. I was like, what the heck is going <laughs> <got> on? <laughs> it was I'm still waiting on that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that one just would poke out. But anyways, Hunter actually showed me, um, hey, look, why don't you try this thing? It's called counting your macronutrients. And you just put it in this easy app and... Um, you can tell exactly what your body has had today. You tell your body, you can tell what your body needs and you fill it in from there. And it changed my life. Finally got those next couple abs. They started poking in slowly, but surely. <laughs> and you know, that's one thing that they don't talk about when you start developing muscle mass, when you're sitting here, just talking, that's when you're burning calories. You know, when you're sitting here and you just have fat, you're not burning any calories. So really, even if you work out three to four hours a day, that's still a lot of time on the left left in the day that you're sitting around. And guess what? You're really super tired. So you're probably going to be laying around after working out so much. Um, so how are you going to stay burning calories when you're not working out? That's what's important. And when you have muscle mass from training, that's when you're able to still burn calories and keep that lean look that you're looking for. And that's one of the things, again, that I love about CrossFit is the fact that you're burning calories for so many hours after you finish. You know, you go on a run, you're stopping, you stop burning calories as soon as you stop running. But after CrossFit, you know, you're burning calories up until dinner if you're having a, a noon class. Yeah, and by putting muscle on your body, you're changing your, your body's metabolism, you're, you're, you're burning more calories throughout the day because it costs more to burn, uh, to run a pound of fat of muscle than it does to burn, uh, burn a pound of fat. But I think a lot of people will start doing it, but they won't change their diet or they're actually start eating more without realizing it because they're hungry, hungrier because they're actually working out. And then they're still, you know, drinking the alcohol and all that type of stuff. And so they're putting this muscle on, but they're not burning any fat because they're actually eating more. And then that's when they're gaining the weight and feeling like, Oh, I'm getting bulky. But in reality, you're just eating more and you're, you're just not burning any of that fat that you, sh you should be burning. Absolutely. One thing that I've noticed, though, when it comes to women is they have a really bad tendency of not eating enough. You know, the media has told us for so long, food is bad, don't eat it. And carbs are bad, don't eat them. So that's one of the battles that I have, have really fought is, I mean, I'm almost eating 3,000 calories a day to maintain my body weight. That's a lot of food, and it's sometimes it's hard for me to get that amount of food in my body. Did you lose weight eating that much food? Yeah, I lost uh, about 15 to 20 pounds eating that much every day. And then, uh, but I had this battle with my mom for a long time. She wasn't losing weight, and um, I kept looking at her app, and she wasn't eating all the calories that I'd given her. And I was like, I finally had a talk with her, and I was like, Mom. You are never going to lose weight if you don't eat all the calories that you have to have that day. And so finally, I got her to buy in. And at her age, she'd been through several years. I mean, a lot of years of not eating enough. So we had to get her body back to neutral before we could even get her back to eating it, it, the right amount. So it took her a little bit of time for her body to finally say, okay, I don't have to store this food because I'm getting enough. And then, boom, she's down two pant sizes. Did she put on weight initially? She did put on a little bit of weight. I mean, five pounds max. I want to say it was like three pounds. I think that that's something that happens in the women. Or they're just so caught up in the scale when you're fixing your metabolism that, like you said, you've messed up after so many years of these crash diets that, that they go through. 
and then they put on three pounds and they freak out and they just they just give up but hey look it's a process you're going to put on a little bit of weight your body is realizing hey i finally am getting enough fuel that i haven't had for years okay once it figures that out then it's going to start speeding your metabolism up and then it's just like the pounds start melting off i mean like like uh with with mom and and also with reagan like you could literally every Every time I saw them, I was like, God, it looks like they've lost five more pounds. It was unbelievable. And if you can go back and look in their fitness pal log, they're eating more food than they ever had before, you know? Right. And it was, you know, that's one of the things that took, you know, we're talking just a couple months here. It was about two, three months for my sister to start losing weight. My mom, it was a little bit longer because I had to teach her to buy in and she had that little upkick in in weight just because of not having enough to eat for so long but I mean still it was like four months max and so you think about four months out of you know how however long you've been living say you've been living 30 years four months out of 30 years where you're just an extra three pounds to eventually lose 15 to 20 pounds that's totally worth it and all that means is you just have to buy in for that amount of time to see some results I think that's why we're trying today to attack these myths because it, it's literally heartbreaking to see people that are so close, um, uh, men and women, uh, but the conversation today centers around women, to see women that are so close to having a breakthrough in their fitness, a breakthrough in their confidence, their body composition, all of that, and because of one of these societal triggers, they back out. You know, So I, I'm just curious in, in listening to you talk, have you had those moments where either you stepped on the scale and the weight was going up or you're going to buy the new pair of jeans and you have that panic? If you have had that, how did you work through that as, as a woman? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, constantly women are plagued by these things. You know, it's not like it's just one time and then, oh, we get past it and you move on. Um, the way that I battle it is I like to just go to the gym. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, We're so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, besides that, I have a really great support system at home. I cannot talk about that enough. And I would encourage women who, you know, are in this journey to get a support system. It doesn't have to be, you know, it, it can be your friend, your girlfriends at the gym. It can be your husband. It can be your brother. It can be whoever, but whoever that is, when you're having a bad day and you're feeling bad about yourself, go to them and say, I'm feeling this way. And they're going to be like, hey, you're crazy because you look fantastic. And my mom, my sister and I, we have that kind of relationship where I can go to them. They can come to me when we're, ha when we're feeling bulky or we're feeling like these pants are getting too tight or whatever it is. We can talk to each other. And that is what helps you. I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about. I know y'all have talked about the community of CrossFit, but that's huge for women. When we feel insecure, if we have somebody to rally behind us, that nips it right, right in the bed. Well, I think we're all, uh, both genders are incredibly insecure. It's just that women will admit it faster, <laughs> uh, right? But I think that's a great tie into the idea of community uh, inside of a box and what it does. So nutritionally, if you could just give women some tips, you know, maybe if they're just getting started or they're, they're kind of panicked when you say 3000 calories, they're like, that's unbelievable. These steps to get started, you mentioned fitness pal, what are some ways to kind of get this rolling? Right. You know, download the, my fitness pal app. It's awesome. It is so helpful. It has every restaurant you could ever imagine's food in there and then start logging what you're eating every day. You know, it really is so simple. You things that can scan, you can scan them. You can just plug it right in after you've had it it'll be there in your memory you can click on it again and then just kind of start figuring out what you've been eating every day nine times out of ten these women come in and all they've been eating is fat or all they've been eating is fruit and they don't have any energy you know they're crashing and then they're hungry and then they eat everything in sight so just try to figure out how many grams of protein how many grams of carbs and how many grams of fat you're having every day and then we can move forward from there and get you to the right numbers. But you really have no idea what you're putting in your body until you start tracking it. Yeah, typically what you see most people is they're way under eating on their protein side of things. Um, and just by bumping their protein up, that's going to help them feel better, help them their muscles uh, recover better, all that type of stuff. Um, but, you know, you talked about how easy it is to get on your app and, and people will say, well, I just... 
that's too that's too hard for me. I don't want to spend the time to do that. I'm like, man, everybody is on their phone for hours a day. Like it takes literally 10 seconds to log what you eat on your phone. If you just will just develop the habit of logging it every day, that's going to completely change change your life nutrition wise. It's only going to take a couple of weeks and then you're going to have the habit of putting everything you eat on there. And then you will, you, you're never going to know what you're eating until you're tracking it. You're, you can have an idea, but you never really know. Um, so, you know, just start developing the habit is the biggest thing uh, is what I would say. And using, I think uh, I've seen this happen inside of our box. You're able to talk to when women are able to talk to other women. And like, if you're able to tell a woman inside of a coyote, yes, I ate 3000 cows, then it becomes more believable. They're able to actually understand, okay, this isn't a dude pulling out his, his fitness app. He's always drinking a protein shake. It's just more relatable, which I think is why you bring up the community. The tribe becomes so very important right. in this journey for a lot of reasons. Uh, one thing we want to make the shift and talk about, because I think this is not often discussed, are just the mental benefits from being involved in the in this journey, uh, especially in, inside of CrossFit, what it does for uh, women specifically mentally to take this journey, the journey that you've had. Maybe you could just start in a personal place to say the things that have kind of righted themselves internally in the way that you just think about life, the way you think about your body, the way you think about your relationships. Are there things in your life that have just completely transformed since you started this? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like my whole life, but um, the main word that I think of when you start talking about all that is freedom. You know, with all of these tra- changes, I've been set free. And that's in the fact that I can eat a cookie and I don't feel guilty. I can feel comfortable and happy in my body on a daily basis. And you have no idea how much freedom that gives you. You don't feel hesitant to go out to eat with your friends. You don't feel hesitant to order the favorite thing that you want on the menu when you're with your friends because you're embarrassed. You know, it's like little tiny social situations that you don't even think about as being hesitations. They become more free for you. You know, I don't, I feel like my life has opened up in so many ways since I have become more comfortable with my body. Now I'm not saying that I'm comfortable every single day in my body. You know, that's just like I was talking about earlier, one of those things that's up and down, but majority of the time when you are, it just gives you so much perspective on life and, and freedom. So you've always been, uh, as you referenced earlier, you've always been an athlete, which means you're up kind of up for the challenge, but I'm going to propose or guess uh, that there are a lot of people um, and women that come into even into our box that have this kind of nagging question. You talked about taking 200 pounds over your head, which is pretty impressive. It's a goal of mine for 2018. By the way, <laughs> um, you talk about being able to face particular challenges. Have you found that exercising that particular sort of just mental toughness has uh, so the freedom part is obviously a really big thing that a lot of people need. How about this part of just finding out what you're capable of mentally? Has that helped you uh, outside of the box? Yeah, that's where confidence comes into play, you know, and that's where I kind of think it's um, back to what I was just talking about. But when you're more confident, when you know that you have accomplished this in the gym, it makes you feel more confident to be able to accomplish other things outside of the gym. You know, whether it be in work, with your family, in a relationship, Whatever it is, you just feel more confident in your ability to do things, to get things done. So, you know, when you pushed yourself in the gym that day and you did get that extra toes to bar or that extra kettlebell swing in that round, you're feeling a lot better about yourself. And you're thinking, man, I can do this. I can take on whatever obstacle is coming my way because I already did this earlier. We see it. uh, uh, That's one of my favorite things about seeing people after they can come for a while. You could just see when they walk in. that they have more confidence than they used to have. They'll look you in the eye more. They're more more friendly, more open. One of my favorite memories is I remember maybe three years ago, we had a group of like three or four women who all wanted to get a strict pull-up, and they were working on it three, four days a week, working on the bands, doing their ring rows, doing all kinds of stuff to get it. And then they all got a strict pull-up, and, man, they were so pumped. And it was unbelievable because when they walked in the door – you know, they were using like the black bands to do pull-ups. Like they, 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 they probably said to themselves, I'll never be able to do that. But just seeing the pure joy on their face when they got their strict pull-up and they were all videoing and posting on Facebook and all that type of stuff. (laughs) And that was really cool. And you could just see these women, it just completely changed their mindset of, wow, there's something I thought I would never be able to do. 
and I put the work in and I was able to do it. And I mean, that just translates straight into life. Absolutely. So just, this is piquing my curiosity now. I'm just totally fascinated by this conversation as, as a woman inside of this uh, sort of uh, type of fitness. um, What do you, what are you hopeful for, for the future for women? How do you, what do you think CrossFit will will able be able to contribute to women in the future? What are you looking forward to about that? Right. I, what I'm hoping for is that that final break from the media where women can <clears throat> finally release themselves from the social pressures that that um, the media gives us. But really, overall, what I'm just hoping is that people's mentality of women will change in general. Like Hunter was talking about earlier, who said that women can't be muscular and men have to be muscular? You know, that is not something that has to be the norm. And I feel like CrossFit is changing that. You know, women can be muscular, too, and women can be strong and women can do all these things as well. And so if women are are continuing to do that, it's just going to open the the possibilities and opportunities up for women that weren't there before. You know, one of my favorite things that Hunter ever told me, I don't think I've ever told him this was we were at regionals and I was asking him, I was like, why are the women going last? They're the last ones to go the day, the individual women. And he was like, because that's what everybody wants to watch. You know, everybody loves to watch the Mm -hmm. women compete. And, you know, I had never even thought about that, but that is so true. The women are fun to watch. You know, not that the men aren't, but it's just one of those things when you see a woman empowered, it's new and it's different. And I think people really are drawn to that. Well, I want to thank you personally for being uh, being one of those trailblazers, somebody who uh, who is um, going to go outside the norm so that if Kennedy gets into that situation one day, I can point to examples like you to help Thanks, her out. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, here's an incredible part about it. I think something we would, it would be terrible if we didn't mention this, but uh, one thing that we have seen inside of Coyote is it is easy, especially in a fitness environment, to objectify women. Uh, it's happening all over the place every day. Uh, but I feel like as you begin to respect women, uh, it's much more difficult to objectify them. Uh, not that you see them as competition, uh, but it's just it's a very difficult thing, I think, for women to automatically have that posture. I'm about to be eye candy for the people that are in this building. But then a woman walks in and then outworks you. And, you know, first you go through this little, I'll just say personally, you go through this little anger phase. You know, <laughs> then you're jealous. And then you join in. It's just something that right now, especially in our society and our culture, you talk about breaking away from pressures and trends, and there's just lots of division going on. There's lots of addiction going on. And I can say inside of Cody, it's a, it's a very special and unique environment because there's just this general respect for the athlete. And, and I think the women who are coming into Coyote and are doing the hard work that are raising the level of respect that men have, when you start chasing women in workouts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that's just, a, that's just a different thing. And it, it creates, and I won't even say this level playing field. It's just so new and so fresh to be able to see women go in there and do work. And they're, they're completely unconcerned about what the men in that building are thinking of them because they have different goals. They have different things that they're shooting for. So that's why I bring that trailblazer language up, you know, trendsetter, uh, because it just, it creates a completely different social environment and you measure men and women alike. Uh, after experiencing that, start measuring that you go to the local bar on a Friday night, you really notice, man, this is a different scene. I'm not respected here, you know? So that's, that's just a cool thing. And, and women like you, Meredith, uh, are really setting the stage to raise the bar, pun intended, uh, raise the bar on, on how this actually goes. So now that we've complimented you, um, <laughs> we're going to roll into our next segment. Uh, Outside the box. Grill the guests. So now we get a uh, little time for you to answer some questions because here's the thing. We know that people see, uh, see you work out pretty frequently. Um, I don't see you work out frequently because I'm not there frequently, but um, that's another podcast in and <laughs> of itself. Uh, but we don't have a lot of time to get to know you because you're either training or coaching. Uh, so we just want to ask you a few questions that would help us uh, get to know Meredith Owen inside the mind. Meredith Owen. We're going to actually throw this to your brother first, and I'm excited about the fireworks that are probably about to go off based on the questions that he's going to ask. All right, so uh, just going to ask you uh, a couple of questions just so everybody can kind of get to know you a little bit, like we like we talked about before, you know, talking about uh, pop culture is really a good way to get to know somebody, just seeing what they like. 
Um, so why don't you tell us your favorite movie, uh, TV show, your favorite book, and your favorite uh, musician? Okay, well, I'll start off with my favorite movie because it's going to be super girly and all you guys are going to roll your eyes. But I love Moulin Rouge. Have anybody all seen that? It's uh, kind of like a cult following. I mean, I saw the video. <laughs> no, I've never seen it. <laughs> Mulan what? <laughs> and Little I, Kim, right? <laughs> you know, Hunter, especially, as y'all know, he is uh, pretty big on the way things are made and the movie quality and blah, blah, blah. But I don't care as much about that. What I love about that movie is that it is so passionate and it's so sweet and it is a really really good love story i'm not gonna ruin it for any of you guys i haven't seen it. it's an old movie <laughs> spoiler alert on the 15 year old movie <laughs> um it's got great music along with it my sister and i still listen to that soundtrack but anyways yeah that's my favorite and it's really sweet moulin rouge yeah uh so why don't you oh, go yeah my TV, shows? tv show yeah okay so tv show and book are going to be the same and maybe this is hunter's influence maybe not but that's game of thrones um, I read, I think all six books in this stretch of a summer. I could not get my eyes out of that book. I mean, it was just like, I was on my toes the whole time because it's just so much action, so much going on, so many characters. And that's, what's really fun for me to kind of get into is, is watching things unfold that you could never see coming. And it's exciting and fantasy, a whole world of fantasy is, is fun kind of based very loosely on old history right so and then the show takes it to another level and it just kind of where the books was subtle the show just kind of throws it in your face and tells you exactly what's going on at all times and follows all these characters along the way and it's just it's really fun to watch you're always always on the on your toes and then um what was the last question i'm sorry um, your favorite musician? Oh yeah, Taylor Swift. Woo-woo. Oh my god, <laughs> we all we all saw we that. We could have said that. <laughs> I mean, how many times I've been like trying to slug through a workout and Meredith changes it, Meredith changes it to Taylor Swift. <laughs> this is my new so jam. I'm like, I mean, how we'll see why. <laughs> how can you not follow her journey and just fall in love with very her music? easily? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she went from country to pop. I mean, she's so successful. I but. mean, she's dated like 60 dudes. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll get a song. It gives her great music, though. I mean, for real. It's like every girl's teenage angst. But anyways, yeah. Favorite I love track? Taylor you have Swift. a favorite Taylor Swift track? Um, Yes. And it is one that is on her... Um, it's... It's not on one of her main albums. It was like an add-on. It's called Untouchable. And the reason why it's an add-on is she actually didn't write it. She just sang it. So, But I love that song. It's a really, um, it's a really sweet song. So your favorite Taylor Swift song she didn't even write. I know. <laughs> You're not a real fan. Come well, on. She took it and she kind of redid it. That still counts. I mean, that's like every other musician out there, right? Who really is writing and singing their own songs? Uh-oh, dangerous territory. <laughs> dangerous territory. Chase is about to grab a mic over here. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you brought up Game of Thrones because another Christmas break has come and gone and these guys still haven't watched it, so I'm a little disappointed. That's heartbreaking. You fault. guys are missing out. My fault. Well, I'm now I've got to read 78 books a year. I don't to, <laughs> if you listen to the Owens talk, it's like they grew up like in the middle of nowhere with just a, <laughs> a building full of books, you know. <laughs> you're reading habits. They lived in the castle from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, when you go up and go to Jackson Prep and the first book you have to read to get there is The Hobbit, you start to learn how to like to read. Oh, actually a little known fact. <laughs> yeah, so we had to read a book at uh, Jackson Academy about how to beat Jackson Prep. <laughs> that book never worked. So. <laughs> All right, so it's here's a fiction book. Yeah, it's yeah. a fiction book. book. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my here's my question, and uh, I don't know. This could be a shame. So it's a little it's a complicated question. It probably has a very simple answer. If you could have Chris Allen program a wad, okay, and you could compete against one famous athlete in that wad, who would that athlete be? Well, let Ooh. me ask this question first. Is this workout going to be something that I'm good at or something I'm bad at? You have to let Chris program. So you know okay. that Chris knows you and he knows most likely this professional athlete. And yeah. I will add, it's going to be televised. Ooh. Just to up the ante just a little bit. I want to know which professional athlete you would really like to take on one-on-one in a wad. I think that I would really like to take Brooke Wells on. 
Hmm. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Bring out the big guns. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, not that I'm saying I could take her down, but I feel like some of her strengths and my strengths kind of line up. Some of our weaknesses and, weakness and my weaknesses line up. So that would be fun to kind of go head to head with her on something. So would you do the wall ball rowing and like what we've and actually deadlifts, seen? Yeah. Well, yeah, I would. What, I would, what, would what, like to see. Yeah, her what would Chris do? Yeah, <laughs> no, I would like to see the two of y'all go head to head on the uh, uh, fifteen five, oh, 27, 21, 15, 9. thrusters and rowing. Yeah, cow row and thruster. That's what I would, I would like to see. Probably not be able to walk for a week after that. Jeez, just bringing all my PTSD back. I actually <laughs> did that one almost made me quit CrossFit. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting answer. I think uh, that would that would be cool to watch. Maybe we could. You could reach out to her. Go ahead, send her a text, and uh, <laughs> see if we can pull her next week to do that. That that girl trains like crazy. I watched something on uh, I think it was YouTube. We we're just walking through a day, kind of one of those day in the life things. Mm-hmm. And she's like, her life happens is like an interruption to her training. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. So yeah, that that'd be a cool thing. So I'll yeah. I'll accept that answer. <laughs> I'm so excited about my question. <laughs> Okay, so Taylor Swift, Lululemon, Instagram. One has to be gone from your life completely. Oh my Which God. one is that's it? That's heartbreaking. Oh. I can't do it. <laughs> um, that's actually a really difficult question, but I think I would have to say Instagram. Wow. I you love Lulu part, that much, huh? I cannot part with my Lululemon. <laughs> it keeps me warm. It keeps me comfortable. It keeps me cool. Whatever I need in my workout, Lululemon is there for me. <laughs> <laughs> but without Instagram, how is anybody going to know you're wearing Lululemon? That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Look, I'll yeah. just leave my professional poster hunter to just take pics and post for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Are we going to keep up the, the life of Revy? You can mooch off of his post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she, yeah. Revy has an Instagram page, so she can just post through him. Yeah, he's, got his, he's got his own. She'll be, you know, cameos on Revy's Instagram. Hey, just watch. He's gonna become Insta famous. <laughs> that's your goal. I think Revy's actually wearing Lulu today, isn't he? Hey, that's actually a really good idea. I should see if they want to invest in doggy wear. Cool. So, hey, um, I know that our listeners are probably just waiting on the edge of their seats for Hunter's Recommends. Uh, usually has one or two. Hey, 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 hey. So uh, one or two, which usually turns into six or seven. Uh, so what do you got for us today? I just have one this week. So Meredith uh, actually talk, touched on movies and, and, and such. And I haven't be- really been into movies the last few years uh, just because I don't really like the movies that they're putting out these days. You know, all the superhero movies and action driven I, I like more of character and, and plot driven type movies and um, more more long lines of like watching movies from the AFI top 100 or something like that so I haven't been into movies lately I've been more into TV shows but I did uh, watch a movie over Christmas break that was just incredible it was called Wind River um, it starred Jeremy Renner and I never even heard of it and I got it from Redbox and uh, it's a movie uh, about a murder in Wyoming on a uh, Indian tribe and man, it's just it's just very suspenseful, uh, very very good acting. Um, you really have no idea what's going to happen. Um, the 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 cinematography is breathtaking. Some of the some of the shots they get are just awesome. I love the faraway shots they get uh, where you see things. So uh, Wind River, uh, if you like uh, if you like well well made movies, I would check it out for sure. The way you're describing it kind of sounds like Revenant. It's like you got a great story and. Yeah, I just got that in my mind. Yeah, it's it's not as lonely as Revenant is. Revenant can be uh, pretty lonely to watch, but uh, Wind River and hey, if you don't like sad movies, you know you might want to stay away from this. There's some there's some pretty sad parts. I think Meredith, you watched it too. Yeah, didn't you? I I really liked it, but it made me really sad. It's like the opposite of Moulin Rouge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, Moulin Rouge is pretty sad too. Gotcha. I'm totally intrigued by this movie, <laughs> Moulin Rouge. What do you got, Chris? Uh, I actually, uh, mine is a movie too. I went and saw the new Star Wars recently, and yeah, I I heard a lot of mixed reviews going into it. Actually, I heard more more bad than good, and I so like I went in, I really didn't know what to expect. And I think the people that uh that really didn't like it, they're the ones that maybe were way too attached to the originals, and um they were probably used to something maybe a little more darker. I mean, now Disney has gotten involved and they're trying to appeal to a broader audience base. I mean, yeah, you're going to get some comic relief in there where it's maybe not needed, but it was still, I mean, I think people were just overreacting. I thought it was outstanding. We went and saw it uh, the other day. I would go, if you told me you were going right now, I'd go with you. 
It was yeah. awesome. I still haven't seen it, so I'm looking forward to see it. Hopefully soon. I really agree with good. that. I think kind of the franchise snobs. They're just they're upset about it being purchased, and they're they're looking for where Disney's going to slip up and do something incorrect. All these arguments on social yeah. media about get over it, bro. It's two and a half hours of awesome. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Really is a good movie. I actually, can I put a recommend in there? Yeah, yeah. Is that allowed before we wrap up? <laughs> yeah, Chase is. <laughs> no, we're stopping the episode. Yeah. Uh, I was um, able to watch over over the break for the second time. Uh, Godless, which is on Netflix, yes. I actually convinced Chase to watch that. Man, just what an. You were saying the other day. I totally agree with you. The reason why movies are to, uh, people aren't showing up to movies is because the shows are almost better than movies because they, like, they just keep going. The plot's connected, and uh, there's just so much. It's it's a western. But the, the reason I want to mention it is because if you check it out on Netflix, you will think there's no way I'm watching this because they sold it in a way that it doesn't convey what it actually is. So if you watch one episode of Godless, you are going to be hooked. It's just the story of Roy Good and uh, a, a lot of stuff that we actually talk about on this podcast, just difficulty in the journey and totally, totally worth watching. So, Man, that last episode was unbelievable. Whoa. Talk about being on the edge of your seat the whole time. It, it was a, it was a great show. Yeah, Frank comes rolling into town. Yeah, like it's it's about to go down, right? <laughs> Man, he is such a good actor too. He is. You know, he was in another uh, another. I think I don't know if it was a Netflix original uh, newsroom. Have you guys heard yeah, of newsroom? Yeah. Man, that was really good too. It's, it's not Netflix. Um, that's on Amazon. Yes, Amazon. Yeah. So you could check that out. I forget the guy's name. I always call him the guy from Dumb and Dumb. Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, I always want to say uh, Bridges, but that's a yeah. that's a CrossFit guy, right? Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, Meredith, I just want to say thanks, uh, Meredith, to you for taking the time to sit down with us and kind of cracking the female code uh, <laughs> when it relates to CrossFit. I'm sure we'll probably have you back in. I'm really uh, wanting to dig into this nutrition piece a little more because uh, that's an obstacle for all of us. But to, as someone who's kind of answered the challenge, that'd be great. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me.